Are you sheltering in place, isolated, feeling alone? <coughs> well, then you're just like us. Hit me. From Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the quarantined hit, it's time for... Suckatash. Suckatash Shut-In, the Soundcast stimulus package featuring snippets from comedy... Soundcasts. And now, here's your host for this episode, Tyson Saner. Salutone. Estes me, Tyson Saner, your host for this week in Soundcast Clippery, right here on Succotash Shut-In. Last week and next week, Mark Hershon will have the hosting duties, but you're listening to this week's show right now, and here we all are. How have you been? If this is your first time here, welcome. If you've listened before, welcome back. This show have got great clips coming from Soundcast, the likes of Talkie Box Podcast, Facial Recognition Comedy, and Subterra. There's also a bit of fake advertising genius from our longtime fake sponsor, Henderson's Pants, and selected reading from our other 100% fake sponsor with the 100% real website, TrumpPoetry.com. It's a jam-packed, more or less half-hour heap of audio enrichment, so let's get to it before it spoils. First up tonight, Talkie Box Podcast from Talkie Box Podcast. Its description says, Welcome to TalkieBox Podcast. It's like three or four of your best friends talking about technology, video games, TV, movies, news, or the zombie apocalypse for an hour. Listen in your car or on the toilet when you should be working. Mm-hmm. This is a clip from their uh, second season. It's their first episode of their second season. Now, so far, as of this recording, they have not made a second episode of the second season. This episode is actually from March 11th, 2019. So there's been no updates on Apple Podcasts since then. The hosts for this episode are Jeremy, Dave, and Kate. And uh, the episode is called Spider-Man, Aquaman, Ted Bundy, and Captain Marvel. (laughs) Hmm. Try and figure out the logic behind that Mount Rushmore of people. This clip features conversation from the Aquaman portion. Yeah, we uh, we went and saw that with Jackie, and then immediately after we saw Aquaman. Yeah, and like Kate's Kate's reaction to those movies was really fun to watch because she really liked Spider Man yeah. and really hated Aquaman. <laughs> I just I don't. I feel like with and I feel like and I've said it about DC before. I'll say it again. With the exception of Wonder Woman, they just put too much into one movie. Mm. And there's too much going on. And I feel like it's almost always information overload in some areas. And then there's not, like, they're, they're either, there's too much or not enough. Mm. Like, there was just too much plot, but not enough meaning, meaningful dialogue. Or really, really great effects in one area. And then, like, uh, Black... Black Manta? Black Manta, his suit literally looked like something out of like a 90s Power Rangers show. His suit was the exact same that's, as like the other people in the movie. That's kind of Black Manta though. But it was just terrible and inconsistent all the way through. And logically, the story just didn't make sense to me. Maybe it was the screenwriting, but I wasn't really impressed by Jason Momoa's acting. Mm-hmm. I know that that's an unpopular opinion, but... It's a very unpopular opinion, considering it's made more than every other DC movie that's ever been made. Yeah, because I, I heard it's just been <laughs> Did it destroyed. outbeat Wonder Woman? Yeah, it cleared a billion. 
Yeah, I don't see how. It, didn't I, it just beat like the Dark Knight or something? Or it's on I, track I to think beat the Dark Knight? I think it's like right, right there as of now. I don't, I'm not I sure. See, it, that's so but, surprising to me because I thought it was terrible. Yeah. I literally took like a 15 minute nap during the movie and woke up and I feel like I didn't miss a thing. <laughs> That's how much, that's another thing. There's just so much extraneous detail because mm. they just put too, like, there's just so much going on. The only problems I had with the movie were uh, there was some pretty clunky dialogue, yeah. which was just, it, it wasn't terrible. It was just the, those like contrived cliche things mm. that people say in, in certain situations in movies. And then uh, the character Mira, played by Amber Heard, I believe, mm-hmm. um, is, you know, she spent virtually her entire life underwater but her outfit has heels, which I thought was very strange. Um, otherwise, I actually really enjoyed the movie. I had no problems with it. Um, but like you, I'm really hard to, yeah. I, I'm, I'm very easy to please when it comes to movies. Uh, it's very rare that, that I watch a movie and I'm like, this is terrible. Jackie um, actually had the same Yeah, Jackie had a lot of the same, like. That I did. Yeah. Um, Meanwhile, I was having a great time. So. Although, <laughs> with DC's track record, mm. you can just go in there, like, not expecting anything. <laughs> so, like, if it does even better than, like, just, if it's an alright movie, mm-hmm. you're already, like, oh, hey, my expectations were blown away. Yeah. Good job, DC. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, of course... Wonder Woman, I think, I think surprised a lot of people in how great it was. I think it surprised everyone. Um, and and it was, it was a fantastic movie. And Aquaman, I certainly don't think surpassed that. But I think it was Not of the me. other DC movies I've seen. I thought Aquaman was actually really, really good, especially compared to Man of Steel That's and Suicide Squad. I haven't seen Justice League, so I don't know. I haven't seen but. Justice League either. Which is another thing that weirded me out a little bit. Um, I get, once again, I'm like a huge Marvel lover. They mm. can do no wrong to me. Um, but something that's iffy to me is like, you know, we have Aquaman after Justice League. Mm. Whereas I feel like, I, I, you know, for the most part, with Avengers, you had those individual plot lines yeah. building up to the Avengers. So you already went into the Avengers movie with a full kind of understanding of what your cast was going to look like, you were just really kind of waiting to see how they would play off of each other. So even if you weren't, you know, someone who read the comics or grew up with the shows or something, you, by the time Avengers came out, you basically knew what to expect, where Justice League, like, you have the the origin story for Aquaman after Justice League. Well, this wasn't his origin. Like, it did have his origin in it, but, but these events happened after Justice League did. And and it's actually something I had said long ago when they were starting to talk about Justice League is that when if you're going to do that you have to do the opposite of what Avengers did you can't like Avengers started out having their individual movies and then put them all together into Avengers Justice League was going to have to reverse that and they they, you know, they did a couple of movies early and then hit Justice League and now they're showing us about these other characters and I think that's that's what they had to do to to really set themselves apart now granted a lot of their movies aren't good so. You know, that, that, that kind of hurts you. All right. If you like what they heard, they have a Patreon. Links are on the blog at www.suckatashshow.com. Their website is talkiebox.net. And by the way, talkiebox is spelled T-A-L-K-Y-B-O-X.net. They have merchandise. They're on Twitter. They're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. 
And of course, you can go pretty much anywhere regular podcasts are found, or soundcasts, in fact, <laughs> including Spotify. And of course, you can email them at talkieboxpodcast at gmail.com. Next up tonight, I've chosen a clip from a soundcast called Facial Recognition Comedy, and it's from the Comedy Pop-Up Podcast Network. In the description, it says, Facial Recognition Comedy is a group of stand-up comedians who identify as women of Indian, South Asian, or Arab descent. It was founded to dispel the myth that, quote, there can only be one, unquote, as well as to emphasize that, quote, we are not the same person, unquote. In our podcast, FRC founders, Fizid Asani, Pallavi Gunalan, and Zara Ali sit down with a new guest each week to probe their unique perspectives as well as discuss our own history, culture, and challenges as women of color. The clip is from the episode from July 21st, 2020. It's episode 117. It's called Birthday Party, in which it says, Pallavi, Zara, and Fizza discuss Indian matchmaking, colorism, details from Mary Trump's new book, and more. Who submitted themselves in their ex for an audition, unbeknownst to the ex? Tune in to the Facial Recognition Comedy Podcast on your podcast app, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Spreaker, or YouTube to find out. I like that they put all of those into that description. That's very helpful. And in this clip, they discuss what is meant by the title of this particular episode, which is Birthday Party. So Kanye is running for president. He filed... And he also he had that campaign. He wasn't able to file in South Carolina. Has he filed in other states? I don't know, but he had that campaign rally. He had the campaign rally where he um, outed uh, Kim and himself that they were going to, they were very considering abortion of North, their first child. Which is something that she'll be really personal read. information. Yeah, that's not. I and mean, then you don't want your kids he had a he had a breakdown too, and people are saying that uh, it's he's manic, right? He's untreated, yeah, or something. They're he has bipolar. I mean, he's very open about that. Um, but it, they're, yeah, they're just speculating about how they they think that the Kardashians are responsible for not taking care of him. Um, so that's like this, what people are saying uh, because he had like he had a, he he first of all he said Harriet Tubman did not actually free the slaves she just led them to go work for other white people so which like, is bold move going after Harriet Tubman it is it's very bold and sometimes I think you know like Kanye says some crazy shit and sometimes I think well maybe it's the delivery like what maybe he's trying to say you know Harriet Tubman freed slaves and they were released to this you know and they now now we're in capitalism where everything is how it is but the delivery is fucked but i don't know if that was his intention because i didn't actually watch the i couldn't want i couldn't bear to watch the breakdown yeah and then i think later on in it he was crying and stuff and just the whole setup of it was kind of chaotic like he didn't have a mic he was like yelling at the crowd and bringing them up and stuff but the way he said it was like he was like she didn't actually free the slaves she just brought them to work for other white people and i'm like that the way like it is like you're totally phrasing it like it's her fault <laughs> like you know what i mean but also like if he was having a full-on breakdown in a manic episode it's like I-, I honestly am like i know i brought it up but i'm honestly like a lot of this stuff is just like personal you know like it shouldn't be such a big deal like it sh- we shouldn't take like we should not have taken trump seriously as a candidate we should not have and in like you know and and not have given him more attention or whatever because i just fed the beast and now i feel like it- they might do that with kanye 
but yeah, well, I don't think I don't think he's registered in enough states for it to matter. Like I don't think people will actually be able to vote for him as a valid presidential candidate in most states. What is he having a birthday time party? What happened? That's the name of his party, right? Birthday party? The birthday party, yeah. He's uh, running for president under the birthday party. I did not know that until just now. <laughs> no, that's exactly it. It's the birthday party. Like, Kim's going to all... try Kim's gonna try and trademark the happy birthday song. <laughs> Watch that shit. She's going to try and take you... it from all of us. She couldn't get kimono, <laughs> man. So she's she's going to try and trademark that shit for sure. There, I takes... really like he's He's got a new album coming out. And this was this is literally the best. Promo. Because... Now my parents might listen to the Kanye West album, you know, like before he became a potential presidential candidate, like freaking baby boomers probably weren't like trying to find out what Kanye is about. Right. So this is just him trying to get to every demographic possible. Red, blue, swing states, whatever. I mean, that's I don't what think, Mark, that's what I don't Donald think. Trump was trying to do, though. He was trying to build his brand when he or it's I mean, what a platform, right, to run for president. But he but actually won. So I don't think if Kanye doesn't have like if Kanye is not standing at the debates, I doubt our parents will know what the fuck he's he's about. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I mean, with my parents, I don't know if your parents are like this. CNN and MSNBC and even Fox sometimes are constantly on at the house. So, yeah, if, like if, if, if any of the news networks are covering this, for sure, my parents are like, oh, who's Kanye? Kanye a rap guy like don't you listen to kanye is he a good presidential candidate like seriously they're gonna start like looking at it like oh but they didn't even they don't give much um they don't give much time to many more than the top few so if he's not in the top i don't know if they'll do it other than as like an entertainment piece in which case they won't really focus on him as but i don't know i don't know man that it was like i tried watching some of it and it was wild if you think about it imagine if kanye did become president like i bet you his candidate his cabinet would probably be much more competent than Trump's, right? Like Jay-Z is going to be on that cabinet. Like there's going to be better business decisions being made. Don't we agree? Maybe a I don't know. I don't know if Kanye would, do you think Kanye is consistent enough to not just fire people left and right like Trump did? <laughs> so you can follow them on Twitter and they have presence on Instagram uh, and the main website is at www.comedypopupla.com forward slash facial recognition comedy. And Comedy Pop-Up LA is all lowercase C-O-M-E-D-Y-P-O-P-U-P-L-A.com. This episode of Suckatash is sponsored in part by TrumpPoetry.com, a chronological ode to a fake muse. Enjoy a rhyming spin on the news of the day every day, as well as over 500 archived daily verses thoroughly covering the White House, America, and the world with a sticky caramel coating that's impossible to remove. That's TrumPoetry.com. Everything you need to know in rhyming couplets. TrumpPoetry.com. Tonight's reading from TrumpPoetry.com is from August 2nd, number 171. The election, it keeps drawing nearer, its results day by day getting clearer. It's sad and a shame how he tosses the blame at all except who's in the mirror. 
Hello, friends. Bill Haywatt here. You know, with the summer winding down and the days getting shorter, it's a sure sign that it's back to school time. While kids might be grumbling that their fun is about to end, they can still be having a great time when they hit those hallowed halls in their new Hendersons back to school pants. Far from being too cool for school, Hendersons back to school pants are just right regardless of whether your offspring is star of the football team or a wimpy loser who gets beaten up by the bike racks every day after class. <laughs> On the advice of counsel, Henderson's Pants wants to assure listeners of this program that we do not tolerate nor support bullying in our nation's schools or playgrounds. The childhood spectrum illustrated in this commercial message is not intended to denigrate or mock those children who might be seen as being of lesser ability or popularity than other more desirable young people. We invite opposing views to contact the management of Henderson's Pants via this program. We now return to the commercial, already in progress. Bill? Thank you, Joe. Originally designed for private school, public school, and that school of hard knocks, Henderson's Back to School Pants can be found in the aisles next to peachy folders, pencil boxes, and small calendars. Firearms, wherever back to school supplies are sold. That's Henderson's, makers of knickers and knee pants since 1917. And now back to Succotash. And finally tonight, soundcast called Subterra from Steve Kruger and Warren Davis. Now, this is a narrative based soundcast and Its description says, In this sci-fi dystopian tale of survival, we follow Ace as he scavenges for his existence in a massive underground bunker. An outcast, he's always on the run from security forces, AI robots, and mutant creatures. Alone in this world, his only desire is to escape Subterra and see the sun for the first time in his life. But what is waiting for him on the surface? So I would like to point out that the main voice in this is performed by... Uh, Marty Yu, because you might know from Veronica Mars and uh, I think Party Down. He's done a lot of um, parts on television. And also, um, he is the main and longest host, (laughs) longest running, longest suffering host of Nooner Podcast, which is on Kevin Smith's Modcast Internet Radio. By the way, I'm recording this on August 2nd, which is in fact Kevin Smith's 50th birthday. So happy birthday to Kevin Smith, if you hear this. Anyway, Subterra, I've listened to uh, probably about half of the episodes, and they're excellent. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, Finding a clip was challenging. Lots of good content. So anyway, uh, the clip is from June 18th of 2020. It's from episode four. It has no content description, and I'm going to let it speak for itself. Ace grabbed a semi-clean rag and started to clean the bot. He ran his finger along the collar between the body and the head seal gasket and pulled out some grayish-green grime. It was mostly made up of the algae paste that the citizens of the chute ate. The paste was made from some kind of plant spore and supposedly never spoiled. You could eat it hot or cold and the taste and texture was exactly the same. The shooters called it porridge. Ace looked at the gray lump of paste on his index finger then stuck it in his mouth and swallowed without chewing. There was the faint taste of camber oil, some faded remnant of the bot's lubrication gel. Then it was gone. Camber oil wasn't poisonous, and it actually gave the porridge some kind of flavor at least. 
He continued wiping down the dog. He decided he was going to call it a dog and not a bot. He dropped the rag and located the power cell compartment. It was empty, of course. He'd seen a few early model mass bots in the grotto. And they were usually pretty beat up. Parts, really, here and there. They always had the power pack and the AI core removed. It was very rare to see a Darva model, as there weren't too many manufactured in the first place. It was extremely rare to find one in decent condition, with all of its limbs attached and seemingly functional, regardless of their dented and tarnished appearance. But when he found this particular dog, his heart suddenly raced, and his head had buzzed in astonished fascination. The AI core was still inside, and now... After his successful mission at the market, he had a viable power pack to get the dog back online. Ace pulled out a small leather pouch and untied the straps. He rolled out the pouch to reveal several tools. He quickly got to work opening the power cell compartment. He used the rag to clean up a few corroded areas. Next, he removed the power pack from his backpack and placed it inside the compartment, carefully attaching the electrodes. He hit the tiny reset button, closed the compartment, and sat back. At first, nothing happened. There was an indicator panel on the dog's chest plate. He knew from his conversations with Deke that the panel would provide various status updates on the dog. Power levels, threat sensors, server comms, and things like that. But all he was focused on now was the single indicator light that would tell him whether the power had been restored. Right now, it was dark. He thought maybe the dog's drive system was damaged. Maybe he was stupid to think that someone would have thrown out a working bot. Or maybe the merchant had been trying to sell a defective power pack. Another few seconds passed, and Ace was about to admit defeat, when he saw a faint orange glow appear. It began pulsing, very slowly but it was definitely getting brighter. The dog was charging up. Ace watched the orange pulsing light for a few minutes and figured it was going to take some time to charge enough to activate. He looked around his room. There wasn't much there. He had some bedding in the corner. There were a couple of pots and pans for cooking. He had a five-gallon plastic container where he stored fresh water. On a small pipe that ran horizontally the length of the room, he stored anything he deemed valuable, mostly broken objects he was hoping to fix or salvage for spare parts. It was also where he stored his most prized possession, the only book he had ever seen, his tattered and worn copy of Dog Plays Fetch. He pulled it down and sat next to the charging dog. He opened the cover and began turning the pages. He had to be careful because the paper was very brittle. It had probably only survived this long due to the humidity created by the steam pipes. Ace had never learned to read. The letters were just strange alien symbols to him. But he liked looking at the pictures. Ace adjusted his optics to pick up the colors. That was his favorite part. The colors. On one page, a boy was smiling as he threw a ball to his dog. When Ace was little, D 
Deke had read the book to him, so he knew the boy's name was Will and the dog's name was Daisy. They were on the surface running on a wide green meadow that was dotted with colorful flowers. In the top right corner of the page, a yellow sun beamed down at them. Ace touched the sun with his finger and traced the outline. A sudden beep caught his attention. He turned toward the dog. So if you like that and you'd like to tell them, uh, you can reach out to them at subterra.podcast at gmail.com. And subterra is spelled S-U-B-T-E-R-R-A dot podcast at gmail. Oh, and by the way, yes, Steve Kruger, who wrote this with Warren Davis, is also a host uh, on the Nooner podcast. And as of this point in time, he is probably, of the people who are on there, the person who's been there the second longest now. Um, for anybody who's uh, train spotting podcasts. Ooh, train spotting podcast. That's an idea. Hmm. Ah, I'm sorry. Now I'm just free associating. And we're done. Well, we're at the part where I say, and we're done, anyway. The show is pretty much over now. You can tell from the music. Music is a wonderful thing, is it not? I make some of it from time to time, but mostly I listen. At least when I can find the time, anyway. When I'm not listening to Soundcast, I'm just kind of doing life, you know? It's a relative and completely subjective thing. What I'm saying is, few, if any of us, actually have the proverbial time in a bottle that Jim Croce sung so eloquently about, so I take it as a great personal favor when you listen to us here at Succotash Shut-In, formerly known as Succotash Comedy Soundcast Soundcast, created and hosted by Mark Hershon, who will be hosting next week's RL Offerings. And we'd appreciate it if you found the time to listen to us again. If you like us, please share us with others. We'd also appreciate that a great deal. It is exactly what we mean when we gently remind you to please pass the succotash. You've been listening to Succotash Shut In, the Soundcast Stimulus Package, with your host, Tyson Saner. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants, TrumpPoetry.com, and... Imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuccotashShow.com, on iTunes, on Stitcher, on iHeartRadio, on YouTube, on SoundCloud, on the <laughs> laughable app, and tattooed on your mother's rear end. You can hear us streaming and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Succotash Show. Email us at T-Y-S-O-N at SuccotashShow.com. Or call into the Succotash Skype line at our toll call number 818-921-7212. You can also upload clips from your favorite comedy soundcast directly to us using our direct upload link at Hightail.com slash U slash Succotash. Production of Succotash is overseen by Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, the home of the hit. Our hosts are Mark Hershon and Tyson Saner. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is still Kenny Durgis. And until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please wash your hands and pass the Succotash. Goodbye. This has been a Succotash Patch production.